the thing that I always tell people that, that believe it's a choice, who the hell would ever choose this life? I mean, if, if I could be straight and have kids to fit into the, what they call the social norm, that's absolutely what I would have done. Nobody chooses to, to be ridiculed, to be stared at, to not be able to hold your spouse's hand in public. Nobody that I know of would, would choose that. I was uh, born and raised in China. I came here for graduate school. And anyway, so we went on a trip and I decided to tell her that I'm gay and I'm thinking about getting married with a, with a guy and uh, kind of want her blessing and my dad's blessing. So I kind of told her and she was like, oh, shocked, very much shocked. And then said, I kind of knew it. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple, Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared, because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue we can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guest, Tim and Chow. Thank you very much for joining us on our podcast today. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. And, and you guys actually reached out and, you know, inquired to be part of the podcast. So we really thank you for doing that. Yeah, we've been uh, listening and we thought, oh, this will be a lot of fun. You're <laughs> our first is. guests that have done that. That's awesome. Yeah, really? that is really yeah. cool. Yeah. No, no, no. Second, Dan and Caitlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Just kind of a, a heads up out there. If anybody wants to be on the podcast, just reach out to us at contact at couplesynergy.com. So let's get to get to you guys here. Why don't you guys start with how old are you and what do you do for a living? So... I'm 40, just turned the big four. Oh. And then for a living, I do automotive data analytics and play with cars on the side. All right. I'm Chow. I'm 30-year-old. I work for Bank America. I am a quantitative analyst. I play like plastic condoms modeling on the side. Lots of video, <laughs> Lots of video games. And also video games, yes. Can you tell us the story of how you guys met? We actually met on a dating app. And we chatted. Which app? Do you remember which app it was? Grinder. Grinder. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, another couple was met on that. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. We're unique that we chatted for almost a year before we ever met in person. And I was in the suburbs and he was in the city. So we weren't all that far, but we did chat for a long time before we actually met. How'd you guys decide that? It just came up one day and timing worked out. So we decided to to meet up and, you know, the rest is kind of history. So our, our first date, he got stuck at my house in a snowstorm and he, I claim it was a innocent mistake. And he says, well, you intentionally left too late. So he got stuck at my house overnight. So did the truth come out? 
at, at some point. <laughs> I'm sticking to my story. You're sticking to your yeah. story. <laughs> why, why did you guys not meet for a year? You know, there was no particular reason why. We just chatted kind of off and on, off and on, and then decided, well, we've talked this long, why we should at least meet in person. Have, have you guys met other people on apps before? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. So that you're, you were used to dating in that way. Correct. Okay. And you were dating other people during that year period? I was off and on, and I'm not sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I was. Were you guys looking for something serious or just sort of happened? At the time, I wasn't really looking for anything in particular. A lot of my life is just kind of by the seat of the pants. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I met him, there was definitely a spark. How about for you? Same. Probably just see how it goes. Kind of. Kind of. So not really looking yeah. for something. Yeah. And how old were each of you when you met? We've mm -hmm. been together, what, eight, nine years? Yeah. So I think eight. I was 31. 31 and 21? Yeah. Was the age thing an, an issue for you guys? No, he likes older guys, so it worked out well for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a problem. <laughs> I think I'm more like mature, like mentally. Mm -hmm. So I prefer. Like, he is more definitely more <laughs> mature than me. Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> what was it about the other person you fell in love with? For me, it was his looks, his personality. It was just kind of a total package. He's just the sweetest guy you can imagine. And even now, now that I'm uh, in my 40s, I've had some health issues as of recent. He is my, he's my rock. You know, he just takes really good care of me. He's caring and very concerned about everybody's well-being. And that, that goes a long way. Awesome. So for me, Tim is very protective. He's cute. In his own way, he's always like childish in front of me, which is very cute. I love him. It just happens. Yeah. So what happens after the snowstorm? So he spends the night, you know, the rest is kind of history. We started seeing each other more frequently, started dating more frequently. And it wasn't that much longer, maybe a year that we moved in together in that's, Highland Park. Yeah, that's right. How did you guys know you were a couple? I don't know that we ever had a moment that... We said we were a couple. We just started spending so much time together that it just became obvious. So you yeah. didn't have like an exclusive conversation or? No, not, not that I remember. Not like a super serious one. It's just like maybe we chat a little bit, say, oh, do you want to be my boyfriend? Something like that. And oh, sure. And that's, that's it, <laughs> I think. It's usually like the introducing to someone else that you're like, I got to call you something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that weird, weird conversation. It yeah. was the same way when we got married. There was never a serious conversation. We just decided that we were going to do it. And we planned and implemented our wedding in less than a month. Yeah. Wow. That that's small wedding. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> very quick turnaround time there. Yeah. Who asked who to get married? We had talked about it and it was mutual, but I, I certainly asked him. So you had a formal bend a knee? No, bend no. the knee. No, <laughs> bend the knee. We went out for dinner and it was... Uh, Across you know, the table? Yeah, I'd like to do this. Did you have a ring? Not at the time. I had ordered it because it was kind of a specialty ring and it hadn't shown up yet. Okay. And did you ask him at all? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting question. You sure, know, like yeah. who, who, How do you guys decide those kind of things? Can you guys back up a little bit and tell us like what was your journey of coming out in the world or knowing you're gay or the story for, of that? For me, being a little bit older, it was it was tough. You know, I went to a small high school. I had a graduating class of 33, so I was very wow. much deep in the closet. I came out to my mom first when I was 19, and it took me about another eight or nine years to come out to my dad. How'd your mom 
do with that? My mom was completely fine. Even my dad was completely fine. Did they know? I think my mom knew. My dad wasn't sure, but I've always kept that portion of my life really private. And then once I went to college, I just decided I didn't, I didn't really care. You know, a lot of people my age in that era did, but I thought I'm going to be me and we'll let the cards fall where they may. And what year is it that you go to college? 97. 97. Yeah. So that's after the big 80s stuff. Correct. But it's still a very, like, people are out, but, you know, there's the AIDS and there's the being careful and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. There was, there was venues and, you know, that was at the infancy of the internet. So you can meet people and talk to other people, but it's not like it is today where it's more openly accepted. And mm -hmm. you know, there's still people having a tough time out there. The, you know, you've got folks that are, are transitioning and trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. And I think they have the same tough road now that I had, you know, 20, 25 years ago, yeah. I, I feel for them. How did you know you were gay? I never had a struggle. I've known since I was 12, 13, never had any sort of inner struggle. I just, for me, I didn't care. Um, you know, it's a much different journey for other folks, but mm -hmm. for me, I, I never had a struggle with it. I just knew. You didn't care about what specifically? I didn't, you know, a lot of folks struggle with it and no, I'm not gay. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to do this. I, I never had that inner struggle. I mm -hmm. always knew that I would end up with a guy one way or the other and ex I self-accepted. That's what I never had the struggle with. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Joe? For me, coming out, it was kind of like triggered when Tim and I talked about getting married. So after that, I went on a trip with my mom together with some. Where were you raised? I was uh, born and raised in China. I came here for graduate school. Okay. And anyway, so we went on the trip and I decided to tell her that I'm gay and I'm thinking about getting married with a, with a guy and uh, kind of want her blessing and my dad's blessing so i couldn't have told her and she was like oh shocked very much shocked and then said i kind of knew it <laughs> uh, and then after the trip she was still struggling with the whole idea but she was like don't worry about your dad i'll, I'll tell him i'll work on him and then Luckily, after a couple of months, they both came to U.S. for our wedding and everything nice. went really, really well. I couldn't be more happier and luckier with my parents. What is what is the feelings in China about being gay? I think for the current generation, it's much, much open, uh, more open about the whole idea. But for like parents and stuff, they're still a little bit conservative. About so things were just closeted before. It's not like it didn't Very exist. much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you struggle growing up? Not too bad. Uh, I tried to date a girl in college, but it just didn't like work out or there, no, there, there, there was no spark or things like that. So I kind of knew. Yeah. Is that when you figured it out? Yeah, that's when. And how old were you then? I think that's when I was 19, 20. Okay. And you guys got married at what age? 24, I think. Yeah, I think I, I was 33 or 34 when yeah, we got yeah. married. We've been together long enough, we forget how long yeah. we're together. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> right, it does. <laughs> we're going on 22 years? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. We look back and I said, where did the time go? Oh, just we've been together so long. It totally flies, just yeah. forget. <laughs> you didn't come out until, until you and Tim were serious. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. 
Okay. So were there, did you have any relationships uh, prior to Tim that were serious and you considered coming out? I had one that was like one more than a year long relationship. My mom actually met him when she visited the U.S. Really? And we introduced him as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I never thought about coming coming out to my parents because it was a very like hard decision for me. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm just really nervous about it. I never thought my dad would be able to handle it. <laughs> but my mom... Has he ever talked to you about how he handles it? Not really. My dad is not the most open person mm -hmm. to share about his feelings. Are you their only child? Yes. Do you guys want kids? No. We've talked about it a few mm -hmm. times, and I think we're more receptive now, but this is where the age comes into play. You know, mm -hmm. if we decide to have children in the next five years, that puts me at 45, and I'm starting to be concerned about some of my health, back issues, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we're discussing it, but I, I don't think we're entirely sure yet. We didn't think that we wanted kids until we started hanging around with you know, nieces, nephews, and we really do <laughs> yeah. enjoy them. And now we have a, a pet that is much like having a child. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it can happen. Good friend of mine that I went to school with, he just, they had an oops. Oopsie. <laughs> he was 47. 47. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my mom. So I'm 40. I have a brother that is 20 and a sister that is 17. Wow. And they were both whoopsies. Mm. <laughs> I had found out that she was pregnant with my brother. I was on a horrible car accident. So she came to the hospital, just emotional sobbing, and they were going to take me back to x-ray. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you come with? She said, I can't. You're, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm like, this is not the time <laughs> for jokes. That's, uh, that's how I found out she was pregnant with my brother. But wow. yeah, they had tried for years to, to conceive and couldn't. So it's a uh, and then they had my sister as an accident after that. <laughs> Do your parents have feelings about you guys not having children? My parents kind of hope yeah. that we can mostly get kids of our own instead of even adoption. Still, they, they really like kids and passing down the bloodlines, things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, they're very still thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, especially if you're their only child. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest reasons. I, I think that's a a big thing for a lot of people in China, right? Because the, yes. they're the part of the people that can only have one kid, right? Mm -hmm. My dad has like two six two sisters, mm -hmm. but the younger sister is still still not married, even though she's forty something, and she doesn't intend to. The older sister is deciding to not having a kid. So wow. I am the only one left. <laughs> I don't know. I think about it. Nothing is set in stone. Yeah. I would say I would think that would be the toughest topic, especially for your moms. Yeah, it's a tough topic for us. I would personally like to adopt or foster. There's just a, a lot of kids that have a tough time going. Mm -hmm. But I, I think he would like to go the other route. And what would that route be? It would be finding a surrogate? That's what my parents are hoping. <laughs> so I haven't really looked into any of the details uh -huh. yet. So you don't know the cost of what that would be? I heard it's going to be a lot. I heard that the legal thing is going to be very complicated because yeah. uh, we're gay couples. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out, I guess. From what we've heard, 
adoption is around 50,000. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Too. And I don't know what surrogate would be. In it. And that would be the hard thing, right? Because if she changed her mind, yeah, does she have a right? I believe she does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, she's yeah. even with, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the. That's that's the tough part of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 We did a podcast with a, a couple that adopted and they just talked about all of the trials and tribulations they went through just mm-hmm. to do that. Right. Yeah. And that scariness, like whatever that time frame is where the mom could change her mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So do you have any family that's here in, in the um, States? My grandpa's cousin. <laughs> so it's a pretty far uh, relative. But no, my parents are in China. My grandparents, most of them are in China. Okay. So you, you guys have kind of pretty minimal family support in the area? In the right. immediate area. The immediate my mom area. is two hours south. I'm not uh, too mm-hmm. close with my dad anymore. Okay. Okay. Now, did you guys ever have any issues with cultural differences between the two of you? I think in the beginning a little, but yeah. uh, but not too bad. I, I'm fortunate that, you know, my in-laws are, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, they came and spent, how long were they with us? A month? My mom mm-hmm. was here for a month. My dad was like two weeks. Do they yeah. speak English? Just a tiny little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We've been teaching each other profanities. Oh, there you go. Right. <laughs> That's the first thing you teach each other, right? Yep. <laughs> what are some of the things that stand out with the different cultures? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, which... Money? <laughs> yeah, I would for say, sure. Yeah, because for Chinese, we tend to like uh, save more than spending. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> How do you guys manage that? That's a good topic. We're getting better at it. You yes. know, we used to have uh, very, very separate finances and then he would find himself on the plus side of things and I was more on the <laughs> minus side of the things with, you know, an expensive hobby. But he manages most of the finances and we have discussions, more open discussions about things now and we're heading the right direction. It's it's still a struggle. How long did it take you guys to figure out that he should handle the finances? Up until a year ago. About a year ago. Yeah. 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 I know that was a big journey for us. Like we tried lots of different ways until we, you finally settle into that. And there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Especially when you have a It's bearing my soul. (laughs) And he looked at me and he says, how did you do this? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that there's a, there's a safety that comes with it. And then you, you're kind of on a leash. Right. That's exactly <laughs> For your right. own good. <laughs> yes, for my own good. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to retire someday. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that, that, you know, delineation of tasks and figuring out strengths and limitations between a couple is always a very difficult thing in the beginning. And if couples can't get past this the competition that kind of sometimes normally develops, then it, it becomes this power play. Yeah, we had the power play for quite a while, but now, you know, there's no set roles or no set anything with us. If something needs to be done, he might take care of it. It might be me. Um, the last year and a half, maybe two years has been really pleasant in that, that we don't have any type of power play anymore. We just have a, we found that the more open our dialogue is with each other, the more successful things are. Yeah. Because you just bump into stuff that you don't really realize is an issue. Correct. And you're fighting about something that is like a ghost in the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so even now if we fight over something ridiculous, you know, we give it five minutes and then, you know, kind of talk it out and just get it done. 
Do you guys still do the holding exercise? We do occasionally. Awesome. We had the holding exercise on the way over here. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty challenging while you're driving. Yeah, right. well, there's a... You know, everybody has insecurities at times, and I can't dismiss his feelings, you know, whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent. They're your feelings to have. So I actually held his hand and told him that I would make a much larger effort to make sure that he knows how much I love him because mm -hmm. I, I don't think he has a clue how much he means to me sometimes. So, you know, if there's an insecurity as silly as it may seem to me or somebody else, it's very real to him. So I we had the holding exercise on the way over. Do, do you want to share what you were experiencing? On the way over, what, what um, were your thoughts and feelings? Go ahead. <laughs> I don't remember. So I'm on the phone all of the time, and he saw a phone number he didn't recognize with a silly name attached to it, and he thought it might be a little cutesy. Well, oh. in, in Spanish, when you translate it, it came out to bitchy princess, but he didn't know that at the time. <laughs> you know, he started to question me about it, and then I felt bad that he was he was upset about it. Mm. That's a really important topic that I think... Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to say something, and you guys will have to correct me because I'm not a guy. But it seems to me that what men want most is that, like, affirmation of being accepted and approved of. I would agree. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, you know, how do you guys do that for each other? For me, I don't need a lot from him. And here's my thought. I've had pretty terrible two years health-wise. I'm not good with money. I have debt. So if he was going to go... Uh, he would have done it a long time ago. Is that something he created for you? Like he, he made sure you felt that safety? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, he's... Uh, it's not just something you don't need. It's something he actually provided. Yeah, he's actually provided that. So I, you know, I've had a few hospital stays, things of that nature, and, you know, whatever I needed, he took care of. You know, somebody that wasn't that invested in the relationship would have would have been gone a long time yeah. ago. But for me, I need to make sure that I'm doing that for him. So today was, the, you know, kind of the first wake up call that maybe I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. Your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's hard to be vulnerable like that. And I think that all human beings feel that way. We're sort of and, and I think there's there might be a difference between two guys being together and a man and a woman just in terms of how we deal with other people, you know. And I, I don't know, you guys can speak to that. Oh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that 100%. It's easy for us to say opposite gender friends, but you guys have same gender friends. Right, right. He's doing a lot better than before. He's always making sure I know where he is, making sure I'm aware of what he's doing, things like that, and making sure I feel secure. Call me and FaceTime all the time. That's very sweet. Yeah, those things go a long way. Yes. They're, that, and, and I'm glad that you, whatever you did when you saw that thing and actually let him know what you were feeling, because that's really mm -hmm. where the breakdown happens. Yes, that's one of the main thing actually we learned from you guys was uh, share with each other what you're upset about and what your concerns is mm -hmm. about. That really helps. Right away yes. so that it doesn't fester. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's especially important in today's day and age. I mean, with technology, we are seeing a lot of couples getting in trouble, you know, because of technology, because of social media and everything. And, you know, it, it's just in your face all the time. So it's very easy to, you know, kind of not know that you are going against a relationship, right? And, you know, we, we are running into that problem a lot. 
Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah. Technology. I kind of have this new thought about like if you had a dollar for every minute of the day and everything you gave your attention to, you had to give those dollars to, you know, so if you're on Facebook for 20 minutes, 20 bucks goes to Facebook. But if you interact with each other, if you give him $30, you have to give him $30. So there's an energy exchange that that is a, keeps it going. And then if you do something that is like an investment without a payoff today, that kind of stuff is like that investment and it comes back to you. You know, like when you create something or, you know, set a goal to save money, go on vacation or something, and then you, it's even more valuable than just, you know, and I think we do a lot of that giving our attention away. Agreed. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went through what I called a value reset a few months ago and said, you know, what am I going to spend my time on? And then just eradicated things that were just consuming What were the life. things that were in the way? I had uh, 5,000 Facebook friends. and 5,000? Uh, yeah, with the car. <laughs> wow. So I, wow. So I have five <laughs> social media pages. So we do a cooking show. We have the race car and then, you know, some business stuff. And then, you know, how much time and was I dedicating towards stuff that didn't matter? Mm-hmm. So I went through and deleted 4,850 people. So oh. I could just keep it back to family, <laughs> friends, classmates. You're and close not, 500. Correct. <laughs> and not be so invested in making sure everybody knew my opinion because it ultimately doesn't matter. He matters. Mm-hmm. They don't matter. Right. So that's what I did. I did a variety of things like that and just kind of clean things up. How did that impact you in your temperament? I don't know if I'm asking that right. No, you're, that's exactly it. You know, I'm going to bring this back to my hobby. My hobby is expensive and I'm going to have an opinion about it because of the time and money that's invested in it. So as I'm doing this and, you know, kind of berating the track or other drivers or this or that, you get drawn into this, this negative energy and you start to become a negative person. Luckily, I was fortunate to see it and, and correct it. And now that it's, I told everybody, I said, everybody's going and it's, don't take it personally. I just, I need to do this for my own sanity. Mm. And once it was done, it's been a, a lot cleaner, a lot happier, and just spending more time doing the things that I should be doing that make a difference in my life personally. For all you 4,800 out there that were uh, unfriended <laughs> by Tim and looking for another Facebook page to like, you can check us out on Couple Synergy. <laughs> what has been your experience with his changes? He is definitely spending more time at home with me and the dogs. He used to go to track like he used to spend time on his car every Saturday, basically every Saturday and Friday night as well. Uh, Right now, he's like trying to spend more time with me and staying home and enjoy time with the dog. We can do fun things. That's a lot of help for for, for the relationship and for building up the bond between Mm -hmm. us. I think it's really helpful. Because I'm not the hugest, fun, biggest fan of uh, racing. <laughs> I think it's very dirty, <laughs> uh, especially for the for the Morris or something kind of kind of like the local tracks. So I I don't like to go like all the time with him. I think it's it's not pleasant for him as well because mm-hmm. he has to go enjoy and do things he loves by himself, mm-hmm. probably with his friends. But I I don't like to go <laughs> and he knows i don't like to go and then either. if you're there he can't have fun because he's worried about you he just no. avoids me <laughs> he can't have fun <laughs> he doesn't enjoy as much i, I guess 
Yeah, that's a that's a tough thing. And you know, I don't know if you guys know, but we do a lot of hiking. Yeah. And then you get away from all the electronics. Yep. And you don't have this constant garage. Here's something in your face. Here's something. You know. You know. It's. I. I think your phone is like a two year old going. Mom, 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 mom. (laughs) (laughs) Only for some reason we don't get annoyed by it. We go, what, what, what? You know, and it doesn't really fulfill us. And then you get, it's almost like shocking. And when you put it down, you sort of have more peace in your life. You're just not so shocked. Yeah, for me, I leave my ringer off probably 95% of the time now, unless I'm expecting a call from family or somebody like that. And I might pick it up once every few hours just to return a few emails or do something like that. Yeah, I. I try not to let it rule my life anymore. Well, you know, it's a problem when people are detoxing, right? They're like, I'm going to be off Facebook for a while. I'm detoxing. Well, if you got to detox, that's a problem, right? (laughs) It's tough. It's a double-edged sword for sure. Right. Interesting time we live in. And, you know, this, you know, in our business, we have people work for us and we do have ways of communicating electronically. And almost always someone gets offended because you can't, tell the difference between someone saying, you know, like, hey, make sure you check your email or did you check your email? You know, it just sounds, it's the same words, but they sound different. And then people read into it and real communication is so much better, you know. And then the times you guys spend together, you're building up all that oxytocin, all the good stuff that is how we bond, especially you guys got a puppy. So, you know, that's, that's Mm -hmm. such a big deal. Yeah, we went to a uh, a dog event yesterday, so there was what a hundred and hundred and fifty Shiba Inus running around wow. everywhere in the park. Oh. <laughs> so I was in heaven. They were yeah. like Pokemon. I wanted to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really cool experience. <laughs> yeah, we've got more time to do fun things now that I'm home a little more and not getting home two or three in the morning exhausted and beat up. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been an adjustment because I realized that my passion wasn't his. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to give it up so we could do some more things together, which was a tough realization for me to have. So getting a puppy was kind of a, a common interest that you guys have created. Not at the beginning. I didn't want the dog. <laughs> oh, you didn't? Okay. Within three days of having the dog, I didn't want him to touch the dog. It was mine. <laughs> it's the best thing that we've ever done is get that little dog. How'd you guys decide that? I decided to go to the pet store and I was looking at a couple dogs just jokingly and we saw this little fur ball come out and he's like i kind of want to get a puppy so we looked at a couple others and i said well if you don't get the shiba you're going to regret it and he never asked for anything ever never asked for anything it's always me that's a cesspool of need so (laughs) if he wants a dog get a dog you know i'll I'll deal with it one way or the other and we got the dog and now that dog is my best friend easily hands down (laughs) were you surprised he agreed oh yeah I was very surprised. Yeah, I fought him for a year because <laughs> we have a an adult dog and she's great. You know, she was a rescue, but I think part of the bonding experience is going through the body training and the biting and mm. the chewing and, you know, the training. And he's just a great little dog. He's so smart. It's ridiculous. It's awesome. So, you know, I don't know if you guys have been following the podcast, especially the episodes that we did on gay relationships. You guys are probably the first established gay relationship that we have interviewed, right? You guys have got some uh, years under your belt. (laughs) So, you know, I wanted to kind of pick your brain as far as, you know, the gay community and your perspectives on the gay community and maybe your perspectives on an established gay relationship. They're tough to find. (laughs) They're like finding unicorns. Why is that? Why is it tough? I think that... 
the gay community, not as an overall, but a, a lot of it is very judgmental still, internalized. I think there's a lot of discrimination even against gays, against other gays. Or it's a lot of labels. A lot of labels. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing that I'm really good at. I, I don't do labels. We write the rules for our relationship. We don't have a norm. We don't have an abnorm. We discuss what we want to do and what makes us happy, and we write our own rules. Um, so we're probably a little different in that aspect, and I think that's been our recipe for success. But a lot of labels, a lot of rules, a lot of discrimination. It can be a toxic culture if you're not careful. So we, we kind of pick and choose what we're going to do within the gay community. But I think the nice thing is now is just, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you were gay. So that was your common bond. Well, now that's not necessarily the common bond. You know, I do cars, he does video games. Oh, and we also happen to be a gay couple. In that aspect, I think times are a little bit better mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. What about your perspective? I think the thing, the the hardest thing for the, for a gay couple to establish a long-term relationship is because it's harder to find the right one because there are this many gay person and then there are certain ways only that you can meet this many gay person. It's not like when you go on the street, you see a straight, I mean, you're a guy, you see a pretty lady and you want to get her number or something like that. And you just talk to her and introduce yourself. For gay people, you don't know if the other guy is gay. Unless or, or you open. go to a gay bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And unless you go to the grinder or something, the, the dating app. So that's the hardest thing to find your audience, something like that. And when you find that right person, can you go through all the challenges to be together? That's another thing. So definitely, I think gay people, gay couple is harder to establish a long-term relationship than straight people. But with the right person, I think everybody can do that. Does meeting seem more like hooking up and then figuring out a relationship or is it more real courting and dating and falling in love? I think for gay communities, you want to hooking up first. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, like even, you know, we work with people who are on dating sites and like they want to present themselves like I'm just fun and everything's cool, but Secretly, I'd like to be in a long-term relationship, but I don't want to seem desperate, desperate or whatever those things are. So you guys have the same... I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's Tinder and other dating apps out there. And, you know, it's it's difficult to know who you're really talking to because there's obviously sexual complications as far as preferences and things like that, top, bottom. So those are discussions that you have to have before you get too deep into the courting process to make sure that you're compatible just even at that level. Mm -hmm. What happens if there's two bottoms or two tops? <laughs> <laughs> we had that discussion early on. It depends on how compatible you are the person. I, I personally know two people that are that are both tops that have been together a long time. And again, no judgment on my part. They make their own rules, but they sometimes include a third because that's what works for them. Is there more of that in the gay community? I think more open... I think there is now. I think just society as an overall is a little more open-minded about things like that. You know, I work with straight female coworkers that are very much open about, you know, how they make their relationship work where, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it's kind of a taboo conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, this newer, younger generation 
is much more open than generations of past. Have, have either one of you wanted more openness or are you, are you managing that together? Openness as far as other people? Quite honestly, we've included a third here and there. We went down to Miami and we called it our week of sluttery. <laughs> and that was, a, you guys agreed and... We did. Okay. Yeah, we met a couple of nice people that we're still friends with and, you know, it works for us. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to have a really strong relationship to endure that. Why do you say that? I think that uh, if you don't have a strong relationship, jealousy could come into play really quickly when you start including a third or, or, or courting other people. But I'm very confident in him and I would hope that he's very confident in me. I can't speak for him, but I'm not going anywhere. So if that's something that he wants to explore, I'm, I'm open-minded to all of that. Do you guys have any rules around that between the two of you? We really didn't talk too much about deep in, into the rules. No, um, I, I think we're both present, obviously. When <laughs> yeah, there's, would, a, there's another so. person. We did have a discussion, you know, we're not going to go on hookup apps and, and look for anything like that. But if mm-hmm. somebody nice came along that we met, we would be open-minded to it then. Did it make a difference that it was in Florida and not local? Yeah, I don't think that we've met, well, we haven't met anybody locally, but we don't go out often. You know, when we were in Miami, we were staying in an exclusively gay hotel, met some really nice people down there. I don't know that it would make a difference because we haven't been down that path yet, but I would imagine there there might be some complications. Mm-hmm. We'd have to have a discussion about that. I'm sure it, it helps that there's geographic distance right now. Sure. Yeah. Yep. How about with friends? We no. How do you guys manage that? Not not necessarily having them be part of your intimate relationship, but just emotionally or, you know, time-wise. For, for, it's tough for me because I really don't have a lot of gay friends. I don't, I'm not sure why. I've just always mixed well with a beer-drinking straight guy. <laughs> so the half of our friends we're out to and the other half are, are my racing friends, which I, I'm not out to. But we do have a core group of friends that we hang out with here and there. Most of the time, we just enjoy each other and then enjoy being home. We don't go out a whole lot and don't have a ton of friends. Mm-hmm. How about for you? For me, most of my friends are either classmates or gaming friends or... And the gaming is more virtual or do you Online hang out together? Kind of we hang out like a couple of times together, like 10 people getting together, go to restaurants and the only thing we do in common is go to eat, <laughs> go try different restaurants and things like that. We don't even have parties anymore. No. <laughs> I don't know why we should. Get do you have other more. couples that you guys hang out with, whether they're straight or gay or whatever? We, we have do. both. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that, how is that for you guys? Like not necessarily another gay couple, but a straight couple or a lesbian couple? We really don't have any issues because the friends that we are out to are pretty open-minded and, you know, we just kind of do our thing. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't bother me what other people think about me necessarily in a public setting with him. Do we go out of our way to show public displays of affection? No, because I I obviously, uh, for me, I don't like to offend other people, whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, they're entitled to have a good meal as well. So, you know, we kind of do us and if they think we're gay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not there to offend them either. So, you know, when we were talking about earlier, when a name came up on your phone, right? And that became kind of like a a point, you know, that you needed to address between the two of you. Do you guys have communication with people that you would be, you'd want to include in your intimate life? For me, not really. I mean, there's a couple of straight guys that he might drool over 
but <laughs> <laughs> okay, not not too much. Most of my friends are are specifically that friends, not anybody that I would want to be intimate with. For me, I think it being intimate with friends are kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little strange for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you go about after that? <laughs> right. So, so yeah, there is a clear line, right? I, I, I don't think I want to explore with friends. <laughs> okay, okay. So, when it comes to communicating with people, you know, friends and people online, or you know, just kind of texting and that sort of thing, how do you maintain kind of that trust and safety between the two of you in your relationship? For me, it's an example would be on our way over here. You know, he had a, a concern and I just addressed it mm -hmm. right away. We don't really have too many struggles. And if there ever is, we just nip it in the bud right away. Okay. So you guys just talk about it. Correct. Yeah. Just yeah. bring it out in the open. That was our biggest struggle was learning how to effectively communicate what we were feeling or what the issue was. Mm -hmm. But in the last year, year and a half, we've just made it simple. You know, the more open and honest you are, the the smoother things will go. Have you ever encountered other gay couples that kind of run into problems you oh, know, yeah. because of that lack of communication or whatnot? Yeah, I have a, a friend specifically now that's struggling with it where the relationship bond wasn't good enough. They tried to include a third and then they started messing around on each other. And, you know, it's been a real emotional struggle for him. So, uh, you know, I feel for people that yeah. uh, have that tough time. Do they ever turn to you and ask you guys how you do it? And yeah, this particular friend, uh, he definitely does ask advice all the time. You know, he's younger, so he says, well, how should I feel? And I said, well, there's no instruction book on how you should feel. Your feelings are your feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just how do you how do you address them and, you know, what did you learn and how do you move forward? Right, right. What is the feeling about going to counseling as a gay couple? I think... Before we had counseling, we weren't all that interested in doing it. You know, we'll figure this out. Don't worry about it. But now that we've had it, it's made such an impact on our life. You know, I've, I've taken the lessons learned from our counseling experience and helped my mom, helped my aunt, helped my cousin all more effectively communicate. So, you know, if the relationship means that much to you, I, I would highly encourage anybody to get help, you know, mm -hmm. if, if it really means that much to you. I think the counseling between us was not just limited to like the romantic relationships. I think it helped me going along with like my personalities and stuff. I opened up quite a bit after the lessons. I think it helped me a lot so I can better communicate with coworkers and stuff like that. When I have like things I don't like, I just go straight forward and tell them why I don't like and how I, how I liked it to be changed. Things like that. You know, you're a really good example about what we are trying to teach people and whether it's in your family or in your culture of holding back and kind of being more stoic. Sure. We only learn what we learn. We only know what we know. And if you get stuck sort of developmentally like that, you don't even know how to do it. And that's why we teach people like, here's how you get to the next place. Otherwise, you just repeat what you had with your parents. Right. Yep. Or you find someone that's the opposite. Right. So he's a little louder, <laughs> but you still get lost in that. You, you got to find that balance, that adult, adult balance, yes, yes. not just parent, child and flip flop in that. I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah, how is counseling viewed in China? I really don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know anybody that actively go to counseling. 
actually my parents are having some trouble sometimes. Um, my mom complains about my dad going out for drinks and hanging out with friends all the time, playing badminton very late all the time. So I, I gave them some uh, advices and nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> tell them to open up and things like that. I think it helps. But for general public, I don't know or I don't think it's as open as U.S. that people go to seek for help mm -hmm. for professional advices, which I think people should. Is there a lot of resources specifically for gay couples? Like for us, it doesn't matter if a couple's gay or straight. doesn't really matter. The dynamics are exactly the same, sure. right? Yeah. But I think people might feel comfortable-wise, like you would want someone who got you more as a gay person. Is that an important thing? And are there resources for that? For me, yes. So I research pretty much anything that has to do with my private life. So when we researched you guys, we saw that you were LGBT friendly. Same with my doctor. So we try to do business with people that are more understanding of us as a couple or, you know, our our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What advice would you guys give gay couples that are trying to establish healthy, committed relationships today? My best advice is uh, probably two things. One would be be as open and honest as possible. If you can tell somebody what you're really looking for, what you really want, you're going to avoid a lot of heartache and headache and write your own rules. Like you, you make the rules for your relationship, whether they work for somebody else or not, is it just doesn't matter. But if you're open and honest and say, this is what I'm really looking for, this is what makes me happy, it'll go a lot smoother. And that's something that we've redefined as a couple in the past year, year and a half, things that we wouldn't have done three or four years ago. You know, we've had a conversation about and, and tried. And I, I think we're stronger now than we ever have been in our relationship because we're more open book with each other and anybody else that wants to listen. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think honesty is one of the biggest thing to play in in the relationship as well. I think you're right that honesty, whether it's blatant lying or withholding, is probably the most corrosive thing a relationship can go through the withholding especially in the beginning of a relationship because you don't want somebody to have a you know a bad opinion of you so you don't you tell the truth but not the whole truth mm -hmm. i think the quicker you can get to the whole truth and the quicker they know who you really are and what you really want uh, it'll just be a much more successful relationship right because i mean even for years i you know i've heard my mom say oh i love this but you know i don't want your dad to find out don't say anything like that it's just not how it should be yeah and also, it's very important to share what you're feeling, especially on spot. So you don't guess what other people is doing. And you just tell him or her that exactly what you're thinking on your mind is not limited to gay couple. I think it's for straight people as well. This, this is what I told my parents. Tell them what you think and share your disappointment, share your expectations. And eventually they will understand and they will improve themselves and probably share what their expectations is for you, which is helpful for, for the whole relationship. Yeah. Anytime you can allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yes. It actually draws two people closer together, not farther, farther apart. But that's the fear, right? The fear is, oh, they're going to 
know something about me and judge me and reject me when the truth is they're actually going to be grateful that you're sharing because they have the same of something else. Sure. You know. And keeping yourself to yourself, it just breeds shame, right? Yeah. I am a horrible person and, you know, this person's not going to accept me if they know who I truly am. Which is all in your head. Right. It's not even real. And and we, we do it all the time, right? Sure. I would, I would guess it's even harder for you guys because there's, and maybe younger people have more of an avenue to explore this stuff before, you know, they get the month before they get married. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a lot of judgment within the community, they're experiencing that as well. Correct. You know, it's sort of like what I always think about people who are pro-choice it doesn't seem like they're really pro the choice of having the baby. They're only pro the other choice. Correct. So it seems like something that it ends up not being is like, we're this, but you have to agree with us. Right. Instead of who are you? Right. Right. Yeah. I've seen far more discrimination lately on who you voted for versus what kind of person you are. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's yeah. so messy out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> really messy. Admittedly, I voted Republican last time and I got more shit for that than forever, you know, being gay and, it came down to, we'll have a conversation with me because we're going to agree on about 80, 85% of the matters. Mm-hmm. It's it's not an A or a B, you know, like the media portrays it. You know, the majority of us are somewhere here in the middle. We just have that 10 or 15% difference in us. But um, Yeah, I don't think you can find the gray area in social media. No. <laughs> and so if you're not having real conversations, you can't get there. That's why I cut it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is the way people in power would like it to be. Sure. I agree with you. Yep. Because yeah. if they can divide us, then they win. Right. Yep. And I think actually the gay community is probably going to be the strongest Republicans in the future. If they could get all the social crap out of it. Agreed. It's about the finances then. That's and then that's why I voted the way I voted yeah. was the financial aspect mm-hmm. of it. Would I vote for him again? Probably not. Just, uh, you know, he was going to leave DACA alone and, and do a lot of other things that he's went against. So, but is he a politician? Uh, he's right. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. Yep. They're they're all probably equally terrible. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I call it the East Coast Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. You know, we've come such a a long way. I remember being in high school and learning what it meant to park backwards at the forest preserves. Yes, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes, and like that was the only type of relationship men could have to being able to be married and have a life together is so much more healthy. You know, that's one thing that I'm really happy of that we got to that place at least that leave people alone, let them do what they want to do. And it's all good. Right. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, people Mm -hmm. have the right to be religious. People have the right to, to be gay. It's living your best life. Yeah. I don't judge anybody. Do you guys feel that it's a choice or it's how you're born? For me personally, being in these shoes, I I never had a struggle. It was never a choice. I just, I am what I am. Mm -hmm. The thing that I always tell people that, that believe it's a choice, who the hell would ever choose this life? I mean, if, if I could be straight and have kids to fit into the, what they call the social norm, that's absolutely what I would have done. Nobody chooses to, to be ridiculed, to, be stared at to not be able to hold your spouse's hand in public. Nobody that I know of would, would choose that. I think if you talk about a choice, it's more like for bi people. They can choose to be having a partner, either female or male, and they will most likely, I think, 
choose to be a straight couple because it's just easier for everybody. But、uh, some people choose to be homosexual couple. Who knows? But for gay people, I don't think it's gonna be so much of a choice because if you can, you definitely. As Tim said, you would go straight <laughs> if you can choose. It's easier. Yeah, yeah, it's much easier. See, now that's interesting. It brings up the point about your your view on bisexuality, right? Because I I think that even within the gay community, there are opinions and thoughts about you know someone who's bisexual, right? I never knew that that he felt that way. Really? Yeah, I、okay. never knew that. I'm still trying to wrap my head around you know. The transgender community,、mm -hmm. and not have an opinion, be more supportive. You know, I feel like that. Who who would make that as a choice as well? It's such a long and painful transition that、uh, you know my judgments that I had on, you know, drag queens, transvestites, as you called them in the in the past, are are different now than what they are then. I just try to to be understanding because I I can't imagine anybody making the choice to to go down that path to be. Ridiculed, made fun of. You know, even somebody like Bruce Jenner is still kind of a laughingstock behind the scenes. And on the front,、mm -hmm. you know, they they parade him around as a great person and a hero. And now you never hear about him in any social media or media because he's been written off. Yeah,、um, it's a tough road. Yeah, he was I, politicized I, right yeah, away. Yeah, right. And now he's been shoved to the wayside. There's no TV shows, no media coverage, no anything. His house burned to the ground. Nobody said anything. I'm going to ask this question, even though I'll probably get in trouble. <laughs> I know a lot of women who were heterosexual went through a trauma and then became gay. Is that a thing, or is that different for women and men, or were they just not accepting of who they were? I don't know. It's it's hard to say with trauma. I was molested as a child, but I don't think it had any impact on me. But I can't speak for anybody else. It it could very well have an impact where, you know, they have a a negative view of men and feel more comfortable in the arms of a woman. And again, it's whatever works best for them.、Mm -hmm. I could easily see how something horribly traumatic would would say, "I I just can't be around this person. I I don't feel intimacy with the opposite sex." So I still wouldn't call that a choice. You know, that's a a reaction to something that. Has happened to them that was traumatic in their life, so、mm -hmm. I don't think I'm qualified enough to、yeah. to say yay or nay. But I could totally see it. it. It seems like gay men love women, but gay women don't like men, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a huge blanket statement. But、it's, you know, in my limited experience, true. yeah.、Um, <laughs> for me, I'm just starting to have female friends. I've always just found myself. Having an easier time with straight guys, I'm kind of the exception to the rule. <laughs> But all of my other gay friends just have a whole plethora of women around them,、mm -hmm. just beautiful women. Because I guess they're they're safe. Besties, <laughs> <Sure> . yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has that been your experience as well? I think so. I have a lot of like nice, sweet female friends. They probably find me safe. I actually have two great female roommates. When I was in graduate school, one of them, I think they both knew I was gay, but they never told me, and I never told them. But we get along really, really well. But biggest reason was for them to be safe, to feel safe, was because of I, I was gay, because they knew I was gay. <laughs> yeah. So you, neither one of you have gay male friends. 
I have maybe a couple. Mm-hmm. One is somebody that I used to date, which was, you know, it's an interesting set of challenges with him, but he's just as close with my friend Nick now as anybody. And then I have one other friend that I kind of mentor and help out with his relationship troubles, but, and then maybe one or two friends that are couples, mm-hmm. but the majority of my friends are are straight. For me, male friends are half and half, straight and gay. And then another 50% of my whole friend's population is going to be female. So male to female is 50 to 50. And then between male, gay to straight is 50 to 50. So, <laughs> so that's right. kind of similar to us having opposite gender friends. You have to manage that a little bit more carefully. Mm-hmm, sure. or, yeah. 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 yeah and the, the way we do it is we're, if we have opposite gender friends, you, you know, we're usually a conduit for each other. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm... They're your guy friends. Right. Or your girlfriends. Or your guys' wives, guys' friends' wives or right. something like that. Yeah. Right. What is it that the other person does that you know they love you? When he is jealous <laughs> and playful, he will like joke about it. And then, or also actually when he's very protective, he feels very strongly when people treat me differently because I'm Asian, mostly. He will say very strong words about that. <laughs> he will say, I'll kick them out, kick their ass or something <laughs> like that. I feel protected. I feel loved very much. For me, it's uh, pretty much everything he does. You know, he wakes up in the morning, make sure I'm okay. We shower together, do our routine together. It's the the routine and the happiness. He washes my back in the shower. Just he generally takes good care of me. He always cooks good meals and tells me he loves me. And you know, will try to sit next to me on the couch or just do little cute things that reminds me. There's nothing strong that he does, but it's just the everyday little things that he does that mean a lot to me. That's beautiful. Thank you. We want to thank you guys so much for being on Couple Synergy. We hope you had a good time. We did. Thanks for having us. It was a great time. You know, we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship. We hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. Absolutely. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave a review on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know a lesbian couple or are a lesbian couple that would like to share your story, we would love to have you on here. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.